All right, good morning, Shakoach, everyone, for coming. I'm really thankful, and Mamash, thank you to Miriam and Yossi for opening their home again. Mamash, kol kavod. Thank you so much and making us feel so welcome. Um, it was very, very important that, like, even though we had said we're going to start now, Baruch Hashem, the mornings are getting filled with, now we have, there are three, basically three morning shears for women. Sunday, Monday, right? Monday was uh, Shoshana's? Mm-hmm. Sunday, Monday, and Thursday. But this Thursday, it being Erev Yom Kippur, is a very, very important. It's even, you know, really so, so special to make sure we, we could really do whatever we can to be together and get together, get ready together for Yom Kippur. A day that, um, when I was thinking about it this morning during davening, I almost felt like it was just like this one massive, it's freebie. It's like this, almost like a get out of jail, you know, for free card in a sense. Just like the, the, the simcha of the day started shining upon this morning. I don't know. Maybe you felt it earlier already. I don't know. I started feeling it this morning in such a beautiful way, this excitement. And I know I'm not going to be at home most of the day with little kids. It's easy for you to say that. I know, I know, I know. And uh, I mean, I even like saw chuvas of Rabbanim that are writing chuvas now about for women that are mamish asking their Rabbeim Shailas. I think it's a beautiful thing. They're saying, we need Yom Kippur just as much as our husband needs it. So what should we do in terms of which tefillahs should we, you know, what, what, what's more shayach? I'm sure you each have your own, you know, sidur, uh, your own arrangement at home. Can you really? Um, yeah, yeah, the truth is, it's written by, one of the chuvas I saw was written by a, some, a person I grew up with, he was in my class as a little kid, and then now he's become this mamish, a big rav, uh, he's in Beit Shemesh, but he used to be a rabbi in, uh, in a yeshiva here in Efrat, that's Rabbi Yoni Rosenzweig, if you know him. You've heard of him? He's, He's very popular Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. That's great. He's, he's, he's really special. He's very, very, very special. And um, I could see, if you'd like, I could send out the chuva. I thought it was really, really shy. Mm. You know what? It, there's some, well, not, not exactly no, either. I don't want to ruin it. I'm just like built up a whole. It's called the Shalom right, the Bayit Minion. The Ashkama has become the Shalom Bayit Minion. Um, so, this though is not meant to sound like making women feel uh, better about maybe not, not attending as much, which is the topic of we're going to be talking about today is trying to understand a certain something that usually we use as like the backbone of Yom Kippur. But the problem with it is that it can be used very much as a cop-out as well. And that is the famous statement of Chazal that says, Itzumo Shalion Mechaper, that the etzem of the day itself is Mechaper, meaning whether I really asked for Mechila or didn't ask that much, whether I was so machmir with everything that I made, had to make sure I wasn't supposed to be doing any Yom Kippur, Maybe a little bit less machmir, but there's a concept that's called the etzem of the day. Now, what would you say is the word essence, uh, etzem, but not essence? What do, you, what do we usually call it? What's etzem in Hebrew? A bone. But the bone really is the essence. That's why it's not really two different meanings. It's the same thing. The bone of the day, the essence of the day itself is mechaper. It reminds me of Derech Tzchok a little bit. 
how the first time I went to Uman and I was, was on Rosh Hashanah in the year 2000. And I went with a few of my friends. We were schlepping from L.A. And it was a long journey. It was L.A., Munich, uh, L.A., New York, New, New York, Munich, Munich, Kiev, and then the long bus ride from Kiev, then, then from the airport to, uh, to the to the Tzion in Uman. It was literally probably like like 38 to 40 hours traveling. It was crazy. And the Chavar were exhausted. I was 20. I was, uh, you know, I, was, I was fine. I got very sick, but I was fine. I mean, I could, the shlepping wasn't that bad, but some of the Chavar that came with me were exhausted. Now, I got mamish sick before Yantiv, and I ended up in the emergency room there in Uma. Don't, don't ask. It was a crazy sick. But the other guys weren't sick. And one of them was kind of in bed next to me, most of Yantiv, too. So... I was wondering, I'm like, um, without mentioning his name, because he's actually the guy that, that brought me there. He paid for the ticket. So I said to him, brother, what's, I mean, what's pshat? Like, you slept all the way here. Why, why don't you want to, why, why, why are you sleeping all the time? Why don't you go out and, you know, join? Back then it was just like five, 6,000. This year it was like 55,000. Oh. It was like five, 6,000, it wasn't as crazy. So I said to him, why don't you just go, go, go dive in by the tzion, by the cloys? He said, oh, don't worry, listen. The Rebbe said, doesn't matter where you're at, what you're holding, as long as you come and be with me for Rosh Hashanah, I'll take care of you for the rest of the year, right? So I was like, and then he went back to snoring. I'm like, are you kidding me? That's, that, whatever. Everyone in their shitas, who am I to say anything? You don't want to be a judge any day of the year, especially on Rosh Hashanah. But somehow, I was very, I get very nervous when I read the sentence, Itzumo shel yom that the day itself, that the essence of the day itself is what brings kapara. Right? So, I wanted to first ask, what, are you, what does that mean to anyone else in the room, that the essence of the day itself is mechaper, and not in a cop-out, not in a cop-out way? Does anyone have, did anyone have any thoughts on that? Yeah, Lisa. Being in the right spirit and the framework of the day, halakhically, is that it puts you in a certain zone of fasting, of not wearing certain things, and all these other, you know, the five main things. And you can lose your mind if you're trying to cheshben out, am I, am I forgiven or not? So the Chazal say, listen, do the basics of what Chazal said, the framework of things, and let the day itself do what it's supposed to do. And that's a very important shita. That's very important. Does anyone else have any uh, way of understanding this concept, that the day itself is mechaper? It's, it's speaking to the unlearned. Uh, meaning, so you're saying to someone that, that doesn't really, you know, can't follow the machzor per se. Right. That for them, they're saying, listen, this day, it's a magical day. It's not like a really, like a, a day that, like, that's why it says in Chazal, it says, I forget where it says, it's yomim yutsaru velo echat mehem. That there's one day out of the year that's Hashem's. It's not really amongst the counting of the regular counting of the days. <laughs> One day is plucked out of the calendar and it's like Hashem's day. And they say it's Yom Kippur is like Hashem's day. We can't understand it. But it's like even people that don't even, you know, aren't have no hasagas of anything, that because it's God's day, 
it goes on them as well. And so the power of the day itself even works for them. I actually really, really don't understand what it means because not everyone can comment. Well, how do you know? It came up in Shir yesterday. That's why I'm asking. It's very interesting that you're saying that. Are you defining kapara as not dying? Well, isn't there a concept of karmida and So, don't people go again? I don't know. <laughs> no, no, but I want to, but, but, but answer what I said, if you don't mind. Um, is, is your, is our, I mean, the general way that we understand kapara, that I'm still alive? I think there are different ways to understand it, but... Like there's a decree, right? And it's supposed to be whatever, the whole Rosh Hashanah and Kippur. Nachon. So it's supposed to be like the ceiling. Right, right, right. So if you're saying the day itself, taking care of it, it's great. It's obviously so excited. Like, don't give her a Right, why should I, why should I, yeah. I mean, I can go through Rosh Hashanah and pretend that I'm going through, oh, yo, 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 but really. Depending, whatever, you could do, then you would just be excited. So some, so some say that itzumo shalom mechaper is a real thing in your life if you, if you don't use it as a cop-out. If you use that lechatchila, then there's no way that that actually plays a function in your life. That's how some would say. Because you're right. I would use that as my, uh, you know. You want to say something? Yeah. I know there's also an Indian of Kedushat HaYom, like each day in our Jewish year has a certain power. Right. So I would imagine even if you do nothing, you do something that day, I guess we should tap into it, but I wonder if we don't, like you said, someone doesn't know, they don't tap into it, it's still there for the Jewish... Whether, whether you're tapped into it or not. Right, but, but Naomi's saying is a little bit, it's a very, it's, it's a, it's almost like, you're, it's a challenge to Chazal, because what you're saying is true, the Kedusha, it's there. But this, this if, if Chazal didn't say, I might have more of a push to say, I really need to make sure that I'm really on top of my game. Could be, right? Because if I don't have the that the day itself is, is, a, you know, is, is atones, then I, could lean, I, could, I don't have anything to lean on. Yeah? I don't know. I see it differently. I see it as like a comfort, a sort of like we have this gift of the day right you know and that and it sort of lets us relax and actually be able to perform what we're supposed to do on that day because we have this the essence of it uh-huh. I don't know meaning it's a welcoming statement yeah you're saying listen this is what's available today come and get the job done right yeah that's that's very yeah, it's very beautiful. Yeah. When you're saying forgiving, do you mean the slate is wiped clean? Maybe it's a day of forgiving, but not all is forgiven. According to Chazal, yes, the slate is clean. Motzei Yom. That's why Sukkot is called Rishon Nachesh Banavonos. The count begins again only on the fifteenth of Tishrei. Clean slate. Motzei Yom Kippur. Chazal say Lech Echol B'Simcha Lachmach. Right, because now. That's what we've been learning in the Ish Kaidish. It's like it's it's done. Whatever was was, and now you're moving forward. But don't you say Chuvat stuff that's Vila can wipe the slate clean, not necessarily will wipe the slate clean, meaning like it's like is it semantics or is it not is it a day 
of potential forgiving or everyone is forgiving? That's what we're asking. That's what we're asking. Yeah, they do. Not that. Yom that it does. Yeah, and that's, and that's, and that's the tension. Yeah, the 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 right. And that's exactly the question. And if you're not doing it, so what, what happens with that statement? What does it mean that the etzem itzumo shal yom mechaper? So what does that mean? If you're not, you get, Lori, you get the welcoming committee, right. come, and you don't come. So then the shayla is, so what, so, so what happens? What do you think? You reach out. What's that? She would reach out for that, maybe. So Hashem maybe would reach out, but, you know, through I think that what you just said is really, really right. I think it's very, very good what you just said. I think that maybe Itzumo Shalyom Echaper is not this thing of like, this is the day that has magic powers. It's that the Mahalach of the day of Yom Kippur, there's something about the day of Yom Kippur that Hashem keeps on saying, even if you choose to stay outside, all day long I'm pulling you inside with me, until Tfilas Ne'ilah, which doesn't mean that the gates are being locked, so you better throw in your last prayers. But we learn every year from the Torah, from the Vishnu Rebbe, the gates are being locked, and Hashem is saying, and I'm pulling you in here with me, as is being locked. And the Mahalach of the day of itself is not a one-time welcome, it's Hashem keeping on saying, I'm so interested, I still want you to be part of what I'm doing. The day itself keeps on extending that invite all day long. We don't know how any of these things work. We don't know who goes to Gehenna. We don't know who goes to Gan Eid. We don't understand any, any of these things. Like Shlomo HaMelech says, Things that I wonder is from you. Don't start daishaning on these inyanim. That's not important. That's why, to try to understand the effect of this day and how it works, we'll never be able to get there. We don't understand how... We don't understand how a Monday in December works. We're going to understand how Yom Kippur works, right? We don't understand the most natural things, Teva, Sheba, Teva. And that's why, excuse me, I wanted to shift the focus of understanding the Itzumo Shalyom, the essence of the day, to something very, very, I would say, personal on a very simple level. I think. Usually when I say something simple, it's the most, like, Esther could tell you, it's the most non-simple thing in the world. Um, in Hasidus, there's a concept called atzmi. It's, it comes from the same lashon, etzem, itzumo, beetzem. Atzmi means the most, the most personal expression in this world, the you of all yous, the real you, the atzmi. And on Yom Kippur, the atzmi, the who we really, truly, truly are, becomes revealed. What does Amalek tell you? That's not the real you. You're just fasting today, so you feel a little from. But that's not the real you. Now you feel so. It's Hashem decreed. Hashem decreed. It's Hashem's decree. It's not a chazal. It's not a rabbinic decree that we should do all these things. Hashem decreed it's going to be like this. Because Hashem is saying there's one day a year that you get a chance to figure out who the real, real you is. The Itzumo Shalyom is Megaleh, the etzem of each and every one of us. That's why Yom Kippur is the holiest day of the year. And probably why we can understand now 
why it's the most simchadik day of the year as well. Because what wouldn't we give to figure out who the real us is? Which means, what do we really want? Which means the complete removal of all masichot. Which also explains to us why Purim is like Yom Kippurim, right? That Yom Kippur is a little bit like Purim, not the other way around. It's not like Purim is like Yom Kippur. It's that Yom Kippur is like Purim. You realize the difference? We don't say Purim is like Yom Kippur, but we do say that Yom Kippur is like Purim. What happens on, Yom Pur- uh, on Purim? As much as we walk around with masks and everything, there's always that, I love you, that happens at a certain point during the day. That's a bitui of the atzmi. That's an expression of the who I really am. On Yom Kippur, you get to that place, like Purim, with zero substance. With just being close to Hashem and finding out yourself. So the itsumo of the day, the etzem of the day, when you just follow the way that the, the way was designed for us, and yes, of course, it's much difficult, much more difficult when you're not in shul all day long, flying, and this and that. Maybe that's when you just have to trust more the concept of the pshat that we said, itsumo shal yoyimachaper. But even on any level that you find yourself relating to the tachlis shmira of Yom Kippur, there is a hisgalus ha'atzmi. There's a revelation of who I really am. And I think that that is the tikkun on a klali level, kind of relates to what we're learning on, one, on a Sunday mornings. I think that's a revelation on a very general level to the tikkun of this door. No one really knows who they are, and no one really knows what they want from life anymore. <clears throat> on a very klali level. We really don't even understand what we really want from each other. We want from ourselves. We want from Hashem. We think we do. But there's one day a year where it becomes revealed. I want to be close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Like David HaMelech says, V'ani litov. I know what's good for me. Being close to Hashem is what's good for me. When is that attainable the most? <clears throat> to slip into your own shoes that fit you and you realize this is you, that's on Yom Kippur. So I was debating, how do we enhance this concept? Because this is such a beautiful thing. If this, is what, if this is how we look forward to Yom Kippur, what a shift in the energy. What a shift in the focus of what Yantiv is all about. I think Hashem, like if we had to nail, kind of like bring this down a little bit, it almost is it's like this. Hashem forgives the real you. You don't want Hashem to forgive a version of you. You want Hashem to forgive you in your essence. Well, in order for that to happen, you have to be a little bit closer to you in your essence. That's what we really want. I always like think about this, and I, I find myself, just personally speaking, Baruch Hashem, it's a great struggle to have, and it goes, you know, as the years pass, I see it happens more and more, is that Hashem gives me more and more opportunities for me to just be myself, especially meeting different people, being in different scenarios, going to different shuls, meeting different types of Jews, speaking to so many different... You always think, listen, I have to talk their language, I have to talk their language. At a certain point, you have to trust that you want them to end up loving you. You don't want them to really love what, the, what a version of you is offering. Because then they'll just want an, a version of you to come back. But they're not going to want who you are. And I see like there's a lot, there's been a lot of opportunities like that over the last few years. And when I, share, when I say to Hashem, like, 
you know, save me from tests, it doesn't mean like, don't give me the test, because then I never find out who I really am. No, give me the test, and let me, let me pass it by trusting that what you had in mind when you created me, that will show up. And that, that is who shows up on Yom Kippur. Essentially, that's who shows up on Yom Kippur. To make this clearer, today we're learning a very simple, it's Ashgacha, you showed up today. Not one word of Hebrew today. It is absolutely... always makes fun of No, no, not fun. I'm saying it's very interesting. Like, Dafka, when you do show up, I, it's amazing. Quite often, there's like, made for you. It's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Um, going down to the basics. For me, if it wasn't for Reb Shlomo and my father's Nusach Yom Kippur, it would be torturous. Torturous. Mamish torturous. And um, Reb Shlomo's Torahs, when it comes to Yantivs, are very, very, very down to earth. They're very here. They're in this world. And we haven't learned any Reb Shlomo text in a very, very long time. And today I thought it would just be special and simple if we stuck to just a very basic thing of this concept of Be'etzam Ayom to learn a very simple text, a one-page text from Rib Shlomo in English. The only thing I ask of you is, for those of you who haven't learned with us yet Rib Shlomo's text, is to not run ahead with the text just because it's in English. Um, to just stick with it line by line as we go ahead. And I have to just snap myself out of the illusion that I make enough copies. It's a because we don't have enough copies here. I think there's only twenty, maybe twenty-two here. We had learned this Torah on our Monday night shear about three or four years ago here in Efrat, and I had a really big impression in my heart, a big rishimu in my heart, and I wanted us to embrace it. You gotta have, you gotta do kapara for that now. <laughs> All right. Reached out there. We more or less have Ken. All right. I want the learning to be please for the first shema of three people: Yosefa Bas Chayalea, Reuven Eitan Ben Chava Greina, and for Oria Chaim Ben Miriam. No, oh, I'm sorry. This is something else. Yeah. Okay. Shlomo says like this what happens to us when we make mistakes each time you make a mistake you begin to hate somebody you love because you don't want to be angry at yourself you could, we, could, we could write a book on, this, on that paragraph and we could spend a lot of time delving into this of trying to understand why is it like this but to understand why it's like it, just look at the way the world, what happened with the creation of the world. Look at the next paragraph. Adam makes Adam made a mistake. And what happens next? Adam's angry at Eve. Eve is angry at Adam. They're angry at God. And then they're angry at their children. This is, this is mamish, like the story of any dysfunctionality in any family. Even the functional families. Right? Not just talking about dysfunctional families. I'm talking about the functional families. These are the Indian that happen over here, right? What's that? Everyone has dysfunction. 
There's no such thing as a functional family. A what? A well-functioning family. Maybe there's levels. That means you could say there's no such thing as a dysfunctional family, too. Right? All right, we're not going to go there. This is, this is, this is <laughs> not for now. But the, the, the bottom line is that they say in, in Ishbitz and in Reb Nachman that the sin of Adma Rishon was not that he necessarily ate, but it's that once they ate, what, the reaction to doing something wrong, that is the problem. We, we eat, Reb Shlomo said, we eat a thousand bad apples a day. That's not what Hashem is looking at you and saying. The shayla is, what do you do at that moment, right after? Because we all know, Chazal tell us, had Adam said to Hashem, Chatasi, he would have been forgiven. Like who else that said Chatati, and he was forgiven? Moshe. What's that? Moshe. Well, Moshe says it on the name, of the, the name of Am Yisrael. But specific individuals that sinned, we know they're forgiven because Mashiach comes from their line. David HaMelech and Yehuda. Very good. Those two. Why does Mashiach come from the line of David HaMelech and Yehuda? Because they weren't trying to put the blame on anybody else. Tzad kamimeni, Yehuda says. Chatasi la Hashem. I did. I sinned. I'm disgusted by it. I'm not, you know those people that say, yes, I've sinned. What are you going to do with it now? You know, not, not that. I, 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 yeah. No, no, I, I did. I sinned. I put it on the table. Hashem says, that's the line through which Mashiach is going to come. Mashiach is responsibility, owning up. Mamish, being, owning up where you're at. And the problem with the first sin of the world was that it's always, it's her fault, it's his fault, it's the snake's fault, it's everyone else's fault. That's why we keep on seeing in the, in the learnings of the P.S.S. Nerebbe, who writes, outside of the ghetto and in the ghetto, the following statement, clarity of the mind, heart, and soul, and feeling closeness to Hashem, only begins to happen to a person when they are done with any self-justification or any form of excuses as to why they have fallen low in any area in life. When I rid myself from any form of blame or putting, the, putting and they could be the, the most legitimate excuses in the world. It's always my mother, right? And fill in the blank. Right? Sorry, there's only one, I see there's one mother-daughter thing here, I'm sorry. <coughs> I'm sure that was, it happened generations and generations back. It's just the way it is, right? But here he's saying, what ends up happening when you actually do an Avera? So stop for a second. Nothing that makes sense happens afterwards. It doesn't make sense to blame someone else or to start, he says over here, you start to hate somebody else. You don't even understand what that means. But that, that's what ends up happening. Third, third paragraph. But I'll tell you something else. When you make a lot of mistakes, then you don't know anymore what you really want from life. Okay, that's a very powerful statement, what he said. Ariella, were you with us when we learned this piece? Do you remember? A little bit, right? It was a, lo- it was a long time ago. Esther, do you remember this? Mm-hmm. When you make a lot of mistakes and you don't know anymore what you really want from life anymore, because when does a person know what they actually want from life? When they have an atzmi connection, exactly. Every time I make an avera, I do an avera. What ends the real avera is how it removes me from who I am. That's why in Hebrew the Baal Shem Tov brought down a big important chiddush. How do we say sin in Hebrew? A chet. 
that doesn't mean sin. A sin means avon, but like a transgression. Avera doesn't mean sin either. Avera means to go over. Avera and chet mean kind of the same thing. What does chet mean? Any of you play ball? You do. You ever play ball with Israelis? If you ever shot a basketball, when you're playing basketball with Israelis, you say, you shoot, and then you miss, what's it called? Hachta'a. Echteti. Wow, echteti. And you hear these parshanim, you see the... It's so funny to hear an Israeli broadcasters, and when they talk about scores being tied in soccer, they say, the teko, which is a concept from the Gemara, teko. That means there's a dispute between the Tanoim, or the Maraim, and there's no answer, so it says teko, which means... Which stands for... Tishbi Yitaretz Kushios Veshelos, right? That's what teko means. This is what, this is what these soccer announcers are saying. Kama, kama. Ha, ha, what's the score? They've been playing for 90 minutes. It's 1-1. What are they saying? Eliyahu Novi is going to come and resolve the, right? Teko. But even when you say, when they say, Ah, ve'u achshav ikhti me'aunchin. I remember I started hearing this when I met Eliyahu. I would listen to these words all the time. Why, why did... This guy named Mayor Einstein, who was the famous Israeli broadcaster, why did he just say that Doron Jamchi made an Avera from Onshin? Onshin means from like the penalty box. It's like it's exactly that, right? And on the basketball court, right? the Baal Shem Tov says, but that's what it means. Lahti means you missed the mark, you missed the point. An Avera takes you away from being aligned, from being, from that happening, right? That's what a chet means, the Baal Shem Tov says. And probably that's what avera essentially means too. Avera, avarti, meaning I crossed over, I, I went to somewhere, I went somewhere else. A day of slicha and kapara is really a day of alignment. I'm becoming aligned again. Every time I do an avera, I do a sin, the real sin is where did it take me to afterwards? If I'm still standing before Hashem after I sinned, and I said, Khatati, it doesn't mean you're a tzaddik, you did something wrong, but at least you didn't remove yourself from being aligned. Or you didn't push that to make you even more pushed away. But the natural gut reaction to a person realizing they did something wrong is, I cannot admit that I just did something wrong. I must explain to everybody, and especially to myself, why I just did what I did. And that's what ends up happening. You end up finding excuses for what it is that you really... You end up finding excuses for what it is that you did, what you did it in the first place. Sorry about that typo. That doesn't make sense. I just edited it last night. You end up finding excuses for what it is that you did, for what you did in the first place. So Shlomo says, you know what happens to Sanyam Kippur? What is God cleaning us of? If God wants to just forgive us, He can do it any Wednesday of the year. And we ask for slicha and kapara every day of the year. Three times a day we do this. It's not this one day I ask Hashem, please forgive me. So the concept of basic kapara and slicha is every day of the year, just like tshuva. It should be every single day of the year. That happens every single day of the year. What is it about Yom Kippur that's different? What's the cleansing of Yom Kippur itself? What's the opportunity of Yom Kippur? Not just the regular day of Slicha and Kapara. And he asks, so what's Yom Kippur all about? Yom Kippur is not when God has the board of directors coming together and they sign a declaration, right? You are forgiven. 
On Yom Kippur, God cleans me so much to the point that I realize I didn't want to do the Avera in the first place. There is no greater cleanser than this. And this is, what, this is, this is the Indian of this Torah. You know when someone... We, we, we've been discussing in the Menshir, how does someone know when they're forgiven? So in the times of the Beis HaMikdash, there was no question like that. Why? You ever hear of the Chut? Yeah. Right? What was it called? Chut HaSikra? Was it called? I forget, what it, I forget the name of it. When it would turn white, yeah. we knew. Yeah. <clears throat> it was... It was how, do, how, would, how did you know you were forgiven? You didn't, not just that. What's, what, when do we dance the most in Shul and Musaf Yom Kippur? When the chazan's finally done, right? No. It, it's before that. It's Emes Manehedar Haya Kohen Gadol When the Kohen Gadol came out of there alive. Which meant, okay, it's going to be okay. So there were Simanim back then, right? That made it clear for us to know if we were forgiven. But today that question is very shyach. Kind of answers question. Well, for a few years, consecutive years, there wasn't that. Again, I can't understand what it means on the level of that we tried to solve it in the beginning. I have to try to understand it over here. How do I know? How does a person know? T- how, how, let me ask you. The man had some very interesting answers. How does anyone know if, if they're mamash forgiven? Or do you never know? Why, by the way, they say that, that you know, you daven Marev right after Ne'ilah, and what do you say in Marev? Yeah, you say, Slach lano avinu ki chatanu. Well, of course, it's, it's a, but that's okay, because that's, we're humans. You have to so all you have to worry about is the next five seconds. And if you, five seconds, you could get to the next five seconds, then it's a true, then you're really asking for forgiveness. I don't understand how you feel like you felt like you were forgiven. I feel like, in that case, I wouldn't feel like I felt like Maybe, maybe on the level of Yitzumo Shalyom, she felt forgiven. The day forgives me. Life experiencing the day, and like, when we it, it was a lot about, um, it's almost felt like mikvah. Like, you, you sort of endure mikvah. Like, you don't have to feel holy in the water. Like, you dunk, 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 and like, you're so far. Like, go around. And like, I feel like also that's on the day. It's like, just by walking through the day, I mean, well, well so listen, I, I felt that, but it it's, it's very strong what you're saying. I think that we never, to go back to the question of how do you know if you're forgiven, you know, that still keeps it kind of open. How, does, how do you still know if you're forgiven even in that situation? It's, an, it's like this, 
I want to talk about like a, like a, like a, like a mindset, inside feeling. What does it feel like? What's the natural result of someone that feels forgiven? Love. Clout. I, I, I keep remembering that Hashem is a kind, loving God. Right. So what do you end up doing afterwards if you find yourself doing a transgression, if you felt forgiven before? No, 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 I'm saying, meaning, I thought you meant do the Avera again, yeah. No, that's why it's like, no, please don't go there. Right, 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 right. Exactly, exactly. That's the Indian, is that, are you going to scream at your kids again? And in this beautiful world, no, right? Well, I do blame Okay, so the, even blaming yourself is not the, is not the, right, the blaming yourself is not like the ultimate is to just blame yourself. It's not even, bl- it's not about be blaming yourself. It's about not blaming anything else and standing in this place and saying, I'm right back here to do tshuva right now. That's why I really like what you're saying. It's to do more tshuva. Tshuva's not this end, it's not like worked or not. That's, that's unfortunately... Look, we, we didn't exactly have Rebbe's, Hasidish Rebbe's that were giving us Yiddishkeit 101 when we were children. Right? And our parents did the best that they could. But concepts like tshuva really should only be taught by tzaddik and gemurim. Because it can mess you up so bad. It can mess you up in your core when it's not... One second. It can mamish mess you up in such a... Detri- I mean, I could tell you, like, so many of my friends that checked out it's not because eh, they thought it was a whole shtuyot. It's that they felt that at a certain point they have no chance. That's really what, what, what really pushed them away. So that's why the concept of tshuva is something that I feel like should only be reserved to be taught by those who are, you know, who are really, really, really drawing down the panemius concept of tshuva. Because we, we, we always get caught in this. We want to be so real. Please forgive me, even though I know I'm going to fall again later. But that's why Reb Nachman says there's a concept of tshuva, tshuva, tshuva. You keep on doing tshuva. I think you feel you, maybe, maybe, could be, bear with me, feeling like you're forgiven would mean that you have enough koyach to do tshuva next time. Maybe that's what it means. Just the, the, the run-of-the-mill-the-day-in-day-out-work-of-this-world-throughout-the-year-can-often-bring-us-to-a-place-of-even-if-we-are-doing-tshuvah-it's-tshuvah-from-yerah. And then, and then that, that Yom Kippur,
Nefesh Ruach Neshama, Chaya and Yechida. Nefesh is the lowest. Yechida is the highest. Yom Kippur is an ascent to meet your soul at the highest level. In Yechida, it's I love you. With it is Yira, right? But it is. It's, it's, that, it's that place of utmost Tshuva Mahava. And we know that from Tshuva Mahava, the veras we had done don't just become mistakes. They become tzchuyas. They become actually mitzvahs. Right? That, that, that's, what we tra- that's how we transform. We transform our lives like that. Yeah, Lisa, what do you want to say? You're saying an interesting kind of thing that it sounds like really tshuva should be called um, self-love or love of <laughs> right. Because it's also psychological. If you feel that you're okay, even when you're doing the mistake, you feel like you're loved and you love yourself anyway, even though you're messing up because you're human. Then you're, you have energy. You want to do good. You, you won't blame. Like, oh, no. You won't so blame. It's kind of like just getting to that mindset and... So you want to read? Should we redefine it right yeah, now? Start a whole movement, redefining no, the kind of movement. No, you're right. It's all semantics. But you see how powerful semantics are. It's so crazy. And it's a result of human nature that Admar- it's a result of Admiration. This is the game. This is the game. Let's go back inside, beneath the bold print. When we say al-chet, and we go through every mistake we make, you know what I'm telling God? I did it, but I really didn't want to. Meaning, meaning I, it's, it's that place of Yehuda, David HaMelech. Every time you say the al-chet, and you go like this, what are you really becoming? This might sound weird for those who don't understand what I'm about to say. Messianic. Meaning, you're going in the line of Mashiach, of David HaMelech and Yehuda, who said the Al-Chet before Hashem. And when they said, Chatasi Hashem, I sinned, they were saying, yes, I did this. And Gevad, did I not want to do this? I did it, and I did not want to do it. Not, I did it because, 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 because. But I realized, in my essence, I just did not want to do this. In my heart of hearts, I'm realizing now that I really didn't want to. You see... Each time we say al-chet, it's not asking God for forgiveness. God can forgive you on a wholesale level. Any day of the year. If it's, this is mom or something else. Imagine my whole life, I'm so happy saying bad things about other people. Or, it doesn't bother me so much, right? <coughs> you know, it's amazing, every time we're about to say Lashon Hara, so what, hap- what kind of filter does it, does it go through before we end up saying it? Oh, it's probably one of those instances where according to Chavitz Chaim, someone's allowed to say Lashon Hara, right? Right, so... Exactly. Huh? Yeah. Imagine, so he's saying, imagine my whole life, I'm so happy, like, um, I'm so happy saying bad things to other people. Not that I'm happy, but that like, I would say maybe what he means is I'm okay with saying bad things about other people. Um, and maybe I even want to because I've justified it. I, it's saving that person from getting into a bad, whatever it is, right? Totally. On Yom Kippur, with a little holiness shining into my heart, that's the etzem of the day itself shining into my heart, I realize that I really don't want to speak like that anymore. Even if I do end up doing that later, I don't identify myself with that person. That's tshuva. I didn't want to walk around from house to house feeling, telling bad things, destroying marriages, destroying friendships. And Yom Kippur gives me the strength to realize this. 
So Yom Kippur is Mamash when God gives me the strength to cleanse myself from everything that I don't really want. That is the mikvah of Yom Kippur. That's why it's such a simcha big day. What a, what a simcha that is. What, what's greater than that? We always say, I just want to be myself, be close to my heart. I want to just feel like I can be myself. That is what Yom Kippur is all about. The question is, though, what is it that you do want? Okay, so that's already sukkah, maybe, or something else, but Yom Kippur ends off by saying, I know I did not want to do all these things. Thank you, Hashem, for showing me that I don't want to do bad. And then we say on, on Simchas Taira, uh, we say actually in Yom Kippur, in Yom Kippur, Tole Eretz Al-Blima, which means clean slate. What is it, a clean slate? It's not a clean slate of, okay, now, you didn't, now you're clean from Averas per se, but it's a clean slate to now figure out what it is that you do want. If now you know who you don't want to be, the gift of Yom Kippur is that it allows you to figure out who you do want to be. And that is Atmos Simcha. That is a day of Atmos Simcha. It's a little bit different than the way we usually understand Yom Kippur, I understand. But I'll take this way. I, I, this is how I want my children to eventually approach Yom Kippur. Yes. Is this... Is the day then the day where we, I guess, find out our our purpose here? Like that's what it's sort of like what you're saying that it's the day where we're connecting, right? right? Where where we're just coming, it's just our neshama, right? Right. So is it the day that we're? Is it? Mm. Uh, does it have the potential to have us? Yeah, maybe, but maybe, maybe we'll say a little bit clearer. I say instead of finding out maybe what your purpose is. It's the day of Hashem allowing you now to, to choose what you want your purpose to be. When you figure it out by getting to know the inner you without any problems. So it's, it's the same, but it's not like, okay, so now I'm ready to just receive more. Hashem is saying, no, no, no. You figured out now what you don't want. Now go a little bit more p'nima into what you want, what you do want. We're very good. People that go out on Shidduch dates, I remember... It was always this joke, is like, a guy went out on four dates, right? Four different dates with four different women in a month. And he didn't end up marrying any of them. He comes back to the Shatchan, or the Shatchan, he says, how was it? Oh, it was amazing. What, you found your zivug? No, but I know I don't want that, I don't want that, and I don't want that. So, okay, that's, that's great, but you're still left alone. So, even though we might find out what we don't want, the Chochmah is then to have enough you know, to go to the place of saying, this is Hashem Yisbarach, this is what I do want. The bigger, of course, the general answer was that, I want to be close to you. I want to be close to you. And I think that the rest, that's why it's said about those five days between Yom Kippur and Sukkot, they're almost beyond time and space days. Because the Cheshpan again of Averas and Mitzvahs doesn't start until Sukkot. It's very weird. There's these five days between Yom Kippur and Sukkot. It's kind of like no man's land. Because Chazal say, listen, they're so busy with mitzvahs now. Building Sukkot, buying Dalit Minim, whatever it is that, that they're doing, preparing for Sukkot. But that's just the gift that's resonate, that resonates, that, that emanates from the Kedusha of Yom Kippurim. So to, just to summarize all of this, Itzumo Shel Yom Mechaper, the essence of the day itself, makes you feel that you have a chance of kapara in your life, absolutely. 
it's not only because of this magical power of the day, which also exists, which we can't really understand, Bashat, we can't, but that when this is available to me, and I feel that I can now know what I do want in life, I feel forgiven. If I don't feel forgiven, I don't feel that love, I'll never feel like I can really say that I am someone that wants something good in this world. So again, in this world we never know, it's not a checklist. The Beis HaMikdash, there was a certain level of that. Which now makes, I understand what they say now, they say like we have more of an opportunity to dig deeper into our own Hishamas without the Beis HaMikdash. Because in the Beis HaMikdash, maybe people didn't really have to dig so deep to find out what they really wanted because the concept of being mechupar was kind of in front of their, or not, was something that they actually visually saw. But because I don't see that outside, I have to go, I have to go fully inside. So I give us all a bracha, and please give me a bracha back, that this concept of finding out that I never wanted to do an Avera in the first place should really give us enough koyach to have shalom bayis. Because the root of this cause, non-shalom bayis. The root of the response, responding to Averas, brought about the opposite of shalom bayis. From from Shalom Bayis, from there, that's the Makar Abrach, then everything else. That's the Kli, Yid Hashem, everything else. And I mean Shalom Bayis, I mean, you know, those of us that have actual homes functioning, and or dysfunctioning, or not functioning, sorry, or not sorry, I haven't figured out yet, whatever it is. <coughs> but the Shalom Bayis inside me, to have enough Koyach to admit that I did something wrong, will keep more Shalom in me, as opposed to pretending that if I put blame on anything else but me, that I actually can stay aligned with anything. It's the day of alignment. And you know, in English they always say that Yom Kippur is called the day of atonement. So it's the only time I like these kind of words where you take an English word and make a Torah out of it, right? What's the Torah of the day of atonement? Divide it up into three words. Atonement. Yeah, you know this. You grew up with the hippies. They, they did that all the time, right? At one mint. It's a day at one mint. You're at one. You're at the Yechida. You're at the place of one. Zalman was really big on these things. <laughs> Glory, he said, is Gal Ori. Remember one time he said. Atonement is this place of... What real atonement is, I am one with myself. And there's no greater simcha. And there's no greater gift that Hashem gives us than being like that. All right, Shekhaif, everyone. Thank you. Thank you.